So in the spirit of Parshas Pinchas yesterday, we are going to be tackling a, a tough topic this morning, a tough and controversial topic, and that's the topic of Yerusha, inheritance when it comes to Rabbanus, when it comes to positions of authority in the Jewish world. And Rabbanus immediately can mean a Rav of a city, a Rav of a community, it can mean a Rosh Hashiva of a Yeshiva, and it can mean a Reb, an Admor of a Hasidic court. These are all types of Rabbanus out there in, in, in Jewish walks of life. And when the leader passes away, after 120, the Rav, the Rosh Hashiva, the Rebbe, does his son have a halachic claim to the throne? Is he a halachic heir to his father's steller, we would call it, the authority, the position? Is there such a concept that, that, that the steller, the position, the authority goes through Yerusha? So that's what we're going to explore this morning. And the, the connection to the parish is quite clear. In Pinchas, we have Moshe Rabbeinu, um, making requests from HaKadosh Baruch who he, he wanted his own sons to take over, we're told. Hashem appoints someone, I know I'm not going to lead the Jews into Eretz Yisrael, there has to be a, a uh, successor. I have to have a su- successor, someone's going to take over, and please appoint the right successor. And, and, and Chazal tells us that Moshe was hopeful that this was going to be um, his, his elder son. Hashem tells him back, no, it's going to be Yoshua. So we do see uh, the... the, the uh, passing of the, uh, you know, the, the torch in, 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 in this week's Parshan, what we read yesterday in Pinchas, we do see the idea of, of uh, there needing to be a successor to authority, to the Stellars within Klaistrom, and we actually see in a way that seems to be a little bit subversive to this idea that it didn't go to Moshe's sons, it went to Yeshua, and we'll get back to that. Actually get back to it, we'll come back to that. So let's begin though with the basics. Is there a concept, is there a concept at all in Judaism of, of uh, succession within the family line, a family dynasty. A family dynasty of Rabbonim, family dynasty of Rebbes, of Rosh Yeshiva, of Magidashir. Is there not the concept of Yerusha? So we actually find that there is such a concept. There is a concept. Um, and it starts, let's start with the Makars with Chazal themselves. There are two different um, statements of Chazal. One in Torah's Kahanim Vayikra, one in Sifri in Zavarim, one in reference to the Kain Gadol, and one in reference to the Melech. We know that, that in traditional classic Judaism, we did have positions even before there was a notion of an Admor, before you had a Rosh Hashiva, before you had a Rav. We always had positions of leadership and authority in Klai, so that was the king, the Melech, which Moshe Rabbeinu Pashas had the status of a Melech, and a Kain Gadol, Aaron Kain was the Kain Gadol, Elazar afterwards was the Kain Gadol. These are positions of authority. These are, these are stellars in, in, in the Jewish world. So when a melech is nifter, is, you know, we, we look through Tanakh, you see, Keseder, that it's always father to son, father to son, father to son. The, 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 the dynasties of, of Malchus, based of it, goes to Shlomo, goes to Rechavim, etc. It, it, it was that just because, you know, it was a nice thing, or was there some kind of, like, halacha like that, didn't like that. So, it actually starts with the Pasuk. The Pasuk says by the melech that... that um, the Melech should do a good job of running the country, so that way his son should be able to succeed him, the Pasuk says. And this is coming up in a, in a, in a, towards the end of the summer. We'll have this towards the beginning of El, Parsha Shoftim. It talks about, the Pasuk mentions the son of the king taking over. And in fact, the Sifri on that Pasuk says, yes, that if the king leaves behind the son who is worthy of becoming the king, the son comes first. This is the Lushan of the Sifri. A king, the son of the king comes before anyone else. So the king, the Malch, Melech of, of Malchus based David is Nifter. We need to appoint a new king. We have a Sifri, which this is a halachic medrash, says 
that if the king leaves behind a son who's worthy to take over, the son comes first. Oh, there you have it. When it comes to taking over the Malucha kingdom, the son comes before everybody else. And when it comes to Kain Gadol, we have the similar drasha. Tzaris Kayhanim says that um, the Darshan's from the Pazdik. Pazdik says that um, that Nadav and Aviyu died Bahakrivam Hashem. Nadav and Aviyu, the sons of Arnakain, died when they brought a far, foreign fire that God didn't ask them to bring. Ubanim loy hayulahem, the Pasuk says. They didn't have any kids. So Tarius Kanim says, oh, if they would have had kids, their kids would have taken over their kahuna. The kids would have been next in line to take over their, their stellar, their authority, because they, they did have senior authority. Uh, of the Skan Kayin, they were the elder sons of Aaron. Allah and Yisrael were the younger sons. Tarius Kayhanim is Medayik, Ubanim loy hayulahem, that if they would have had kids, their kids would take over their authority. So we see sources in Chazal that when it comes to a melech, the son takes over. The, the, the son does have a right. He has a claim to the throne. The son comes before everyone else. He has a claim to the throne. When it comes to the kain gadol, the son has a claim to being the kain gadol. He can push everyone else aside. Bezin says the Bezin will award it the the kahuna to the son. Bezin will, will award the machus to the son. So we have sources that when it comes to the king and when it comes to kain gadol, the, the the son has a claim. What about everything else though? What about again our modern day shahs? We don't unfortunately have a king. We don't have a a, a kain gadol. What do we do with, with the Rosh Hashivas, with the Rabbanim, and with the Admirum? So the Emma says, maybe some, some would challenge, says, nobody, we still do have a king. Maybe some of, uh, some of our, our Shalos that we're throwing out. We have a Malchus still, we have a Melech. Okay, so this is, I'm not going to get into the politics of how we look at um, the various positions that I mentioned. You know, the, with the, 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 the Rosh Hashivas, the Rabbanim, the Admirum, I'll let everyone make their own conclusions. But there are those who maintain that we do have a Baruch Hashem, we have a modern day Melech. Do have a modern day melech, but that, that let's assume let's assume that we don't have a melech anymore. We don't have a kain gadol anymore. We do have stellos though. We have positions of authority in the Jewish world. So, do we treat them with the same way halachically as the positions of old? So the rishonim get involved in this. There's no clear chazal about it, but the rishonim get involved. We have a ramah in Shulchan Aruch who says. He's talking about a rav, a rav of a city. The rav of a city is Nifter. He's the rav of the city. His son, his grandson, comes before everybody else. As long as they're worthy, as long as they're worthy of taking over the father's position, they come before everyone else. They have a halachic right to come first. He's talking about a rav now. Okay, so you see that it's not just about kahuna, it's not just about malchus, it's about any position of, it seems, any, any authority in the Jewish world, including a rav. The rav is nifter after 120. His son, his enoklach, come first, as long as they're worthy. Now, what does it take to be worthy? Listen to what the Ramah says. They have to have yirashamayim, they have to be God-fearing people, so in other words, we can trust them. And they have to be chacham and ketsas. They have to be somewhat intelligent. That's the lotion of the Ramah. They have somewhat intelligent. In other words, what he's saying is, this idea that the son has the uh, halachic right to take over his father's rabbonus doesn't require him to be the same Talmud Chacham as his father. Even if he's like, oh, come on, you're, you're, you know, this guy, his old man, I mean, he knew Shas backwards and forwards. He knew Shas upside down, inside out. This guy, you know, at best, maybe he, he knows a few lines in Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch here and there, right? That, that, you know, maybe, maybe. He knows, he, you know, his father was Bakamt and Alva Agaditas, Ein Yankiv could give up and give, get, get up and give such a drasha. This fellow, maybe he knows the little Midrash says, right? That's what he's capable of giving over to us. So the Ramah is saying, 
the Ramah is saying that as long as he's, he doesn't have to have the same stature, the same level of erudition, of Torah knowledge as his father, as long as he's a Chacham Kitsas, he has the right to take over. He has the right to take over. Very interesting. Now, what's the Hagdara? Stan wants to know. Chacham Kitsas. I mean, does, I, I went a little bit extreme just now, saying, if the guy, all the guy knows that the little Midrash says, he knows kids of Shulchan Aruch, that's called, that's enough to be Chacham Kitsas. Not so clear in the Ramah. Clearly, it would have to be Chacham Kitsas is, is being said in relation to his father, even if his father could have been a towering you know, giant of a Tamil Chacham, and he's not the same, uh, the same caliber, the Seder. That seems to be relativistic, but he has to have basic qualification. We'll get to that, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, um, we'll get back to that. There's obviously certain basics, basic criteria. If a guy's mamish not worthy, not fit for the job altogether, you're not going to give him the job. He doesn't have a claim to the job. But the remote Pashas means is he's not the same level, same degree Tamil Chacham as his father was. Okay? But he has to be, has to have, have basic qualifications, be, be worthy in a basic sense. And that is, he has to have a certain amount of yiram, and he has to have a certain amount of chachma. But the Ramah, in short, does paskin that this idea that the shteller goes through Yerusha for the kain, or for the melech, is not just about the kain, it's not just about the melech, it's about any authoritative position in, in the Jewish world, even if it's in Rabbanus. Even if it's Rabbanus. Um, okay, so this is the Ramah. A clear psak from the Ramah. Um, that that we do make this extension. The Ramah is actually getting this from a Rambam. The Rambam, let's see the Rambam. The Rambam says things in a very clear cut way. Let's see this Rambam over here. The Rambam says the following. This Rambam in Hilchus Molachim, he's going through the halachas about kings. The Rambam says, bilvad. Not only being the king, not only kingship goes through a dynasty is passed over from father to son, not only when it comes to being the king. The son has a right to, the, to, to claim the throne. Elokol hasraris, any position of authority in Klai Yisrael, any position of authority. V'chol ha-menuyim should be Yisrael, any appointments, anytime we appoint anyone to anything. Yerusha livnoi, uleven benoi ad oilam, is a Yerusha, goes derech Yerusha, forever. See, it's very clear in the Rambam. Kol hasraris, v'chol ha-menuyim, any position of authority, anything that you're appointed to, who and again the Rambam gives the same caveat though as the Ramah she had been mamala mokam avoyse v'chacham v'yira, including Bezdin. This if this father was a big dine, he was the Reish Bezdin, and his son is worthy. His son has a, a, a halachic claim to become the dine in town, the Reish the Reish Bezdin. Yes, everything. Um, and the Rambam gives the same caveat though. That the son has to be worthy of filling his father's shoes in wisdom and in and in and in his year of and God fearingness. He has to be God fearing. We have to be able to trust him, and he has to have the same chachma. Now, notice there's a, there's a bit of a discrepancy here, right? The Ramah is, is lifting this from, from this is the Rambam that the Ramah is based on. The Rambam says you have to be worthy. You have to be a worthy successful father in yira and chachma. By the time it comes to the Ramah, the Ramah said chacham ktsas. The Ramah modified that to somewhat. You have to be somewhat of a chacham. Somewhat intelligent. The Rambam is saying, it sounds like you have to be mamish and, um, you know, b'chach muvira, worthy of filling your father's shoes. The Ram doesn't make it, doesn't water it down at all. The Ramah says somewhat, uh, somewhat of a chacham, but it's clear that that's how the Ramah is understanding the Rambam. In other words, the Ramah is saying that the Rambam meant relativistic. All the Rambam says he has to be worthy of, of being a mamalamakam in chachman and yira. 
And the Ramah is saying, yeah, you can ask the, 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 the obvious question, which is, there's the Aridas Adaris. Every generation, everybody knows, the further we get away from our Sinai, the dumber and dumber we become, right? We, you know, just take a look, look, look around, everybody say, just look at what's going on out there, right? We just get dumber and dumber with every successive generation. So the, the, the Ramah is a kasha. How can anyone ever be Mamalamokam to his father? I'm one more generation removed from Klai's, from, from Harsinai. So what does the Ramah mean? The Ramah means, the Ramah is teaching us is that, <clears throat> is that, um, To be Mamalamakum, you have to be at least somewhat of a Chacham. You're never going to be the Chacham that your father was, but you have to be somewhat of a Chacham, and that makes you into a Mamalamakum. It's interesting to note that when it comes to the year of Shemaim, we'll say this parenthetically, the Ramah does not qualify. The Ramah doesn't say you have to have year of Shemaim Kitsas. You have to be somewhat of a year of Shemaim. In other words, yeah, we become dumber as we get further away from Harsina, but in terms of Midas, in terms of Tzitkus, um, that we're not challenging. A person can be the same Tzaddik now that he could have been. 50 generations ago, as long as you get your phone tagged, you can still be the same exact tzaddik as they were able to be 50 generations ago, Rabbi Isai. Um, even though we're so far away from our Sinai, even with the Yerita Sadiris, the Ramad doesn't modify the Yerushamayim aspect. We can still have all that Yerushamayim. And, and Lamaisa, they he do. Say about he does, he does. He says, Chachman Yira. He says, um, um, so here he doesn't say you're a ketas, but he says ketas. So you see that, again, so there's an interesting yesoid over here, agav, like a nice musu yesoid. When it comes to Yerushamayim, there's no, there's no impediments. There's no, we're not challenged by the fact that we're further away from Harsinai. And this goes together with another Rambam, actually, a famous Rambam, that says a person's able to say, mm. person, every person's able to be a tzaddik k'moshu rabbeinu. Famous Rambam. You can be a tzaddik k'moshu rabbeinu. It doesn't say you can be a chacham k'moshu rabbeinu, because you can't. But a tzaddik, to have tzitkos, to have avaitas hamidas, you can be a tzaddik mamish like moshu rabbeinu. In other words, it's this, mamish this idea that being distance from Harsinai doesn't affect your ability to be a tzaddik. It will affect your ability to be a chacham. No, no, nothing to do about that. But the tzaddik part doesn't get affected. So that's how the Ramah is understanding the Rambam. But in any case, the Rambam is saying clearly that this idea of Yerusha is not limited to Malchus and Kahun. It's any surara, any minui. Which, which actually, if you look at the Rambam's Lushen, it goes way beyond. We, we introduce this, you know, with the Shail of Rabbanus. Rabbanus, Dionus, as Ramesh is asking, uh, being an Admor, being a Rosh Hashiva. We talked about, you know, does the, the, the next of kin have a claim to that shteller? The Ram is expanding it way beyond that. The Ram is saying it's not just about Rabbanus, it's any shteller, any, any position. And, 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 uh, and, and um, this is actually backed up by another Ramah who says that, that uh, a chazan, someone is the shul chazan, someone davens Yom Noiroim every year. He's the shul, he's the, he's the guy who davens Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. He davens, this is the guy who davens Ne'ili, he's been davening Ne'ili for 40 years. He's been davening Kol Nidre. For the, last, for the last half a century, he's been davening called Nidre. And he's, he's, it's time for him to, uh, you know, hand on, hand, hand over. You know, he's, he's getting old. He doesn't have his kayach anymore, his, his, his vim and vigor. Time to hand on the torch. So the Ramah Paskins that his son comes first. The Chazin, the Shul Chazin, when it's time for him to retire, his son is first in line to claim that shteller. His son is able to, t- to, t- to, go, to go to Bezin and say, my father's retiring. I want to now take over the Kol Nidre. I want to take over the, uh, the uh, you know, the, 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 the davening position. Now, that's not Rabbanis. That's not being an Admar. That's not, that's not uh, being a, a Rashiba. But that's like the Ram says. That's a Sroer. That's a Minui. That's an appointment. That's a position of authority. There will be anything like that. And, and you do see that out there. You know, in the mirror. The mirror. Um, <clears throat> in my mirror years, uh, you know, I used to have it in, in the mirror for many, many, many years, uh, Roshan Yom Kippur. 
And uh, so uh, I, I was Eichet to Davin under uh, Reb Arya Finkel, Zatzal, Reb Arya Finkel, the great Mashkiach of the Mir, was the uh, cousin of Reb Nosson Svi Finkel. So he had a Hartziga Davening, an impassioned Davening. It was just a, it, it, it was changed the whole um, Davening experience on Yom and Arayim, to hear Reb Arya Finkel Davin. Um, he, he didn't, let's say, he, wasn't, he didn't have the most powerful voice, and he didn't sing the most, and his nigunim and his nischais weren't the ones that you hear in the yeshivas. But Rav Ari Finkel, when he davened, he was really davening. He, every single year, every single year, he would break down in tears spontaneously at the same exact places. But you say he was davening, he really meant it. He really felt it. He really knew what he was saying. By, by the Akeda, he would stop and, and just break down into tears when he, you know, Zachar no, Zachar lono is chusa, Akeda Sitzchak, Asher Nekar, Agabi Mizbech. He would stop and he would cry. He wouldn't be able to go on. There were a few places. And it, it was clear. It wasn't a script. It wasn't rehearsed. It was spontaneous tears, but every year in the same place. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. You only have to dive in the mirror. <laughs> anyway. So, 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 so I davened under Barry Finkel, and there was one, the, the Vahi Ayim that came, the year came, that unfortunately he was Nifter. He was unfortunately Nifter, and his son took over. His son, Rabin Yaman, 40 years younger than him, skinny yid with a long black beard, the Ari Finkel with his long white beard, much younger, completely different style of davening. He came with all the songs and with all the geschmack and the dancing and the clapping, but he took over. He took over. He was certainly worthy of, of, of davening. He wasn't, it was not his father's style whatsoever, but he took over from his father. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there, we'll get there. But you missed what you missed the line that we said in the beginning. I guess we're being recording this, I can't say anymore. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, we'll get there. Excellent question. We'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Okay. Um, uh, good. So so this is an application of this of this Rambam. It's Kolsra's Kolminuyim. So the Khazan, the Shlich Tibur has a right for his sons to take over. A Gabai, the Gabai, the Shul Gabai, right? He's retiring. His son can, well, has a right to take over. I don't know why I'm saying the gabai usually has to be imposed upon people, forced upon people. So people aren't running to be the gabai. But theoretically, if the son of the gabai really wants to be the gabai. He has a claim to be the gabai. So all this we see from the Rambam, from the Ramah. What about the gvir, the donor? Does the son also... Have the supposed to be the gvir. <laughs> yeah. Avada. He can take... He can take uh, that's right. He can take the other gvirim to Bezdin and tell that he's supposed to be the gvir. Yes, yes. Coin gadol. Well, his son's supposed to be the coin gadol. A hundred percent. Then we start off with this. Yes. No, it's not Nishkein Vitz. Yeah, we, we started. That was when we started off with this mocker. As I state, we, we brought down from the Teres Kehanim that the son has the schus to time to be the next coin gadol. It goes there, Chirusha. Okay, so this is the Rambam. This is the Ramah. Now, so we know we can't just have one opinion on the matter, Rabbi. So we know there's always got to be a machlekes. <laughs> so, so now this is the moment we've been waiting for. There's a machlekes, and everybody agrees to this. Not everyone is masculine. And there's a mogen Avram that brings down a Ramami Pano and other earlier commentators that disagree with the Rambam and therefore, by extension, the Ramah. They disagree. They say, no, Stellers don't go through Yerusha. There's no such thing. A shteller does not go through Yerusha. You have no claim to any position of authority just because your father had it doesn't give you any more v'schus. But let's, let's, let's qualify that. The machlaikas is not as broad as it would seem. It's not as, um, <clears throat> it's not as uh, widespread as it would seem. It's actually limited to one very specific type of shteller. And so let's read, read, the, read the Lushan of the Ramah over here. This brought in the Be'er Hatev's 
read it from the Rehate, according to the Ramah, I'm sorry, the Mugin Avram. Vahaminuyim, any appointments, any shtellers, Shahim Kesser Torah, that are Torah positions of authority. <clears throat> the leader is, is, is leading because of his Torah knowledge. So, in other words, Rabbanis, call this Rabbanis. An Admor would fit under this, a Rishiva, a Rebbe, a Mashgiach, any Torah related position. Ain b'neim kaidmin, the sons do not come first. There's no Yerusha when it comes to anything that has to do with Torah. So in other words, the Mugen Avram, this is how the Mugen Avram Paskins, quoting the Ramami Pano and others, he would agree, if you wanted, if you were talking about the Shliach Zibor, the Shliach Zibor, so his son, his son will take over. His son has his chus to be the next one to dive for the Amit. The Gabai, yeah, the Gabai, uh, his son will take over the Gabais. And any other position which is not... Which is uh, not related to a manhig, a manhig within the within the realm of Torah. But any han, han, manhigus, any authority which is a Torahic authority, you're leading the masses because of your stature, your position in the Torah world. That doesn't go via Yerusha. There's no Yerusha over there, and just goes to the next whoever's whoever's the most worthy to take over. Whoever's the most, no, most worthy, but the son has no inherent claim to his father's position, um, Derech Yerusha. And what's, what's the Svar? Where are they coming from? They're coming from a line in Chazal. A line in Chazal that says that what? There's, 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 a, there's a line that says, um, a famous, a well-known Chazal, that if you want to be a Melech, there's not much to do about it if you weren't born to the Davidic dynasty. You know, if you're, you're from Shevet, um, Naftali, there's not much to do about it if you want to be a Melech. You want to be a Kayin, Chazal say, and, and uh, you're not from Shevet Levi, you're not a descendant of Aaron Akain, you know, you're, you're, you're Shevet Usher, Shevet God. You really want to be a kind, there's not much to do about it. Say Chazal. But Keser Torah, Munach, Karen Zavis, the crown of Torah is there in the corner. It's Hefker, it's waiting for anyone that wants to grab it can go grab it. The Keser Torah. The crown of Torah is waiting for anyone that, it's a free for all, up for grabs, anyone that wants to grab it can grab it. Based on this idea that Chazal say, and distinguishing between Keser Torah, and Kesser Kun and Kesser Malchus, they say that when it comes to, the, they take it very literally, the Kesser Torah, in other words, the authority, the, the shtela, the position uh, within, within the Torah world does not go through Yerusha. It's Munach Bekeren Zavis. It's, it's, it's up for grabs. It's a free-for-all. Whoever is the most worthy of putting that crown on his head, he's the one that takes over. Now, if it happens to be that the guy's son is, is, is clearly, uh, uh, unequivocally, decisively, the most worthy successor, great, so we'll give to the son. But not because he's a son, because he's the most worthy to take it over. Someone else is more worthy to take it over than the son. He'll get the Keser Torah. This is the, the Psak of the Mogin Avram. So nothing that when it comes to, to the realm of Rabbanus goes Derech Yerusha. Now, we, I, we brought them Makaris from Chazal. Yeah, those Makaris was by Melech and by the Kohen Gadol. Yeah, the Mogin Avram doesn't dispute that. Melucha and Kahuna, that goes Derech Yerusha. But Rabbanus doesn't go Derech Yerusha. And he would pass us a, a, agree with Rambam's application to any, like we said, any Shteller outside of rabbinic authority. Like the Gizbar, like the Gabai, like the Shliach Tzibar. But when it comes to rabbinic authority in the rabbinic world, whether it's Hasidish or Litvish, he would say it doesn't go Derech Yerusha. What if, what if the two people are both worthy? According to the Magen Avram? Yeah. You the no, they have to make a Geirul. Son has no Etzim claim whatsoever. Very good question, but that, that's right. There's, there's no Milan being the son. Yeah, Mibazim would take all these things into account in giving up sack. But not not Mitzad being the son. But Mibazim would, according to the Rami Pano, we'd have Mibazim would have to adjudicate the matter. They'd have to take these kinds of. They'd go with the 
The practicalities. It goes with Mamash with the practicalities. What? Yeah, yeah. If that's the case, you know, but if it's a son. If it's a son that spent, uh, you know, 30 years learning in Brisk and he doesn't know the community. Right. If it's a son that spent the last 30 years of his life learning in Brisk, he was never in the father's community, whatever, whatsoever, then, you know. That's right, that's right, that's right. There's a lot of details coming together. We'll see all the details, 100%. Yeah, we're building up the sugi. We're going through the sugi now. Okay, anyway. So continuing in the sugi over here. Continuing in the sugi. Um, so we have a machloikas over here. Interesting machloikas between the Ramah and, uh, and uh, the Ramah's psak, the Mogan Avram's psak. As how does, how does, uh, how do, how, how does the, the um, uh, handing of the torch work when it comes to rabbinic positions, when it comes to rabbinic authority? How does it work? Again, we have a Ramah telling us, we have a Ramah based on a Ramah telling us that all Stellers, all rabbinic positions um, do go Derech Yerusha, that the son has a right to claim, has a right to claim the father's Steller. And we have the Ramah Pano saying that when oh, it comes to rabbinic positions, we, we, have, to, we give, have to give a Psaac, Bezin's going to have to figure out who's the most worthy, who's, who's the most worthy of taking over the job, who's going to do the best job over here. How do we pass in the Halacha? And we have a machloik, this is going back several centuries over here. How do we pass in the halacha? So the chassam soifer kind of bounces back and forth on the matter. The chassam soifer, initially, he has, he has a whole bunch of tshuvas, and, and he's, he mamish goes back and forth from tshuva to tshuva. Uh, initially, in his tshuvas, he is noited towards the mami pano, that there's no keser Torah, there's no, when it comes to keser Torah, it's munach b'keren zavis, and, and, um, and memeila, it is free for all, up for grabs. Anyone that wants to take it can take it. That's his initial psak in his earlier shuvas. In his later shuvas, he comes back towards the Magina, uh, towards the Ramah, and he says, I see this is the Minigailam. And he says, I have to defend the Minigailam. And, and he, he, he says, in, in later shuvas, um, he comes up with, with arguments to buttress and to support the position of the Ramah that no, it does go there. Hirush and his son does have the right to claim his father's position. Um, it's interesting, in his earlier tshuvas, he brings a riot to the Ramami Pano, the Magen Avram, that there is no Yerusha from Parshas Pinchas. And that's kind of why we're putting this together in this Parsha. He says that Moshe Rabbeinu, um, I would like my sons to, to take over my position, Derech Yerusha, I want them to be Yerushmi. So Hashem says to him, Now you think that your sons are going to Yerush in your position? No, it's going to go to Yeshua. It's going to go to Yeshua because he was Masada the Safsalam. He kept the base medish clean and tidy, clean, neat and tidy. It's going to go to Yeshua, not to your sons. So it says the Chazam Soif, you see clearly there's no Yerusha because it went to Yeshua, didn't go to, didn't go to Gershom and Olazer, didn't go to Moshe's own sons, it went to Yeshua. So this initially he uses to support uh, passing like the Ramami Pano. In his later Shuvas again, he, he says, he says that he, I see the Minna is to go with the Ramad that there is Yerusha, and he, and he defends that way of looking at it. So, so he has Shuvas one way, has Shuvas the other way. His son, the Kasav Soifer, writes that he knows um, with authority that his father's final position on the matter, the Kasav Soifer's final position on the matter was, in Halach, we go with the Ramah, and that there is a concept of Yerusha, and if the son is worthy, if he's Roy Lakach, the Chachmu Vira to take over the Shteller, take over the Rabbanis, the Taka goes to the son, and, and, and that means halachically he goes to the son, that the son would have a claim in, in, in Din, he would have a claim in Halacha to his father's position, to his father's Shteller 
What? Oh, the, the staff cipher supporting the, the staff cipher, yeah. But I imagine, I don't see this part, I don't know. The staff cipher was also in Preshburg? He was a rub in Preshburg? This I don't know. Yeah, look it up or call Rabbi Bess. So anyway, but he's, he, he said he heard from his father that that, uh, that, was, clear, that was definitely his father's final position. Um, so now, that being said, it would seem in Halacha we do go with the Ramah. And we do go with this Rambam, that we extend this to all Stellers, all aspects of Rabbanis, all the, the, every area of the Rabbanis Shavelt. Um, not like the Ramami Pano, even though, again, the Chassam Sefer in his earlier truths to go that way. But to wrap up, just wrap up with a few interesting Nakudas. Yes, it's true that we're saying it's a Yerusha, um, and that is, and that is um, therefore, creating this Halacha, that if his son is worthy, he has a claim in Din, a claim to go to Bezin and say, listen, I'm here to claim my father's stellar, I'm here to claim my father's throne, whether it's the Admor, the Rosh Hashiva, the Rav, the Mashkiach, whatever it is. But it's clear that even though we call it Yerusha, that's the Lush that everyone's using, it's not Mamasha Yerusha. Not Mamasha Yerusha. And it doesn't follow exactly the, 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 the rules of, of Yerusha. There's a few areas where you see that's not a Yerusha Mamish. In other words, there's something called Yerusha, and that's also in Parshish Pinchas, that when the father's nifter, his sons inherit his estate. So the Pais can point out a few critical differences between Yerusha's srara, inheriting your father's authority, and inheriting your father's estate. And, and one of them has to do with the point that was raised earlier. A few of them have to do with other things that came up over here. Um, so first of all, there's no concept in Yerusha of a Yerusha kicking in Mechaim. Inheritance, classic inheritance only works after the father expires and goes up to, to Shemaim after 120, that's when the sons take over. But we saw Rima that says when, that, that you can have this idea of the son yarshening this father's position, that can work even when the father's alive. The Rima says the Shekhti was ready to retire, he's ready to retire, his son now has a claim to his father's position of being a Shliach Tibur. If the, if the Rashiv is about to retire, his son comes first. Right, the, the the rav wants to retire, wants to go. Uh, you know, he's 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 uh, you know getting too old for his duties. The son comes first in any position of rabbanus. If this is Yerusha, there's no such thing as the father. You know, just saying retiring from his estate. And now the the, the sons, you can give things away. You can give him matana, but that's not called Yerusha. Yerusha is only lachar misa. Here you see in Sarara, the the, the the Yerusha aspect kicks in even in the father's lifetime, so that's one critical difference. It's not classic Yerusha, clearly not classic Yerusha. Another difference that to point out as well is the following. In classic Yerusha, the father's nifter, he leaves behind 12 sons. What happens to his estate? Split 12 ways, and the Bechar gets a Pishanayim, is really split 13 ways. That's what happens with classic Yerusha. With Srara, it doesn't work this way, say the Paiskim. The, 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 it goes through, it, it, it goes to one and only one of his sons. This idea that the son who's worthy of taking over the father's position, the, the, the place can speak this out, is only given to, there's one posi- the father had one position, and we keep it one position. So the son takes over this, the, 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 that one position of the father. So who do we give it to? It goes to the older son first, but if the older son is not the worthy one, we, we keep going down the, the line of sons until we find the son that's worthy to take over his father's position. But... This is another critical difference between classic Yerusha and Yerusha of Sarara, Yerusha of, of, of uh, positions, of shtelos and authority, is that it's one son from one father, one son inheriting one position. We don't split up the position based on the number of sons, even though by the estate that we do, by the estate we do this. There's a c- can the father be Mamana that Mechaim? Is there a 
your concept of the will, in other words. Right, it's Avo. It's Avo. Um, and, that, and that we're bound to listen to it, you mean? That we're bound to listen to it. If the father is Memana. Um, but you, what you mean to ask is if the father appoints someone to take over and there's someone, and that person's clearly not the one that we would have chosen, not the one that's worthy of taking over, right? That's when the question will be relevant. Because if a son that's, that's the, the worthy one of taking over, anyway, it's irrelevant. The other son feels like he's the... Right, well, not, we're not getting into what the other son feels. We're getting into, like, the objective, the objective takeover here. So you're saying objectively... One has more in, uh, more midos, and one has more uh, Right. Right, so will that affect this halacha? Um, or even if he's not the oldest. What? Or even if he's just not the oldest. Like, you know, the oldest is, is worthy, but he's the second oldest, and he's also worthy. Shouldn't we follow the will? Um, what if, if, I mean, what if we listen worthy, to the, the rabbi. I mean, we listen to the rabbi when he's alive. Why wouldn't we listen to him when he passes and he says, "I want him to take over"? If you go to him for, let's say, for religious advice or for his ruling, and and you listen to what he says, why wouldn't you listen to his saying, "Okay, I think that this person should take over"? You definitely always listen to what the rabbi tells you. The question is, does he have the ability to override the halacha over here that we just learned? You know, we have a halacha. That the son, who's the worthy son of taking over the father's position, is the one he has. He has a, a, a right. He has a claim in, within Yerusha to take over. So does the father have a right to override that? That's the question that's that's being presented right now on the table. When the father tells us one thing and the halacha is telling us something else, does the father have the right to override that? Um, yeah, it's a tricky question. It may be dependent on, on, on a couple more things that we're about to speak at. Um, but I would say now, before we get there, we'll get there in a moment. Um, it's possible. It's possible that um, it would only work if, let's say, both sons. We saw earlier that you don't have to mamish fill your father's shoes all the way to the end. You don't have to have the same size feet as your father. You have to be, the Ramah said, that what does it mean to be a mamalamakam? You have to have a Yerushimim, you have to have a, you have a Chacham Ketas. You have to be a Chacham Ketas. So it's very possible the father will be nifter and leave behind multiple sons that are all, that are all um, uh, holding by being a mamalamakam. So Yerusha, again, this, we would go to the oldest first. We on our own would go to the oldest first. But let's say you have multiple sons that qualify, and the father selects the one that he wants to, to take over. It's possible that, that in a vacuum, we would maybe throw in this argument of mitzvah l'shmoya, the divrei hameis, and we would have a mitzvah, being that they're all equal, they're all, they're all um, qualified, we maybe it's possible. I, again, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to look into this. It's a good, good question. It's a good question. It's possible that the father's request would be the machria when there's multiple sons that are all qualified and would be able to override going with the older one first. That's, that, that is that's quite possible. Mitzvah l'shmayu l'divrei ha-meis. That's not will. is a will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's possible. It's possible. It is very possible. But again, I think it would only be negeya if they're all otherwise qualified. Meaning, if the father selects somebody that, that, that you know, Bezin sees this guy's just not fit for the job, he's not qualified for the job, it's, it's, it's hard to hear such a thing, that the father would be able to select the son that's clearly not qualified for the job, because halacha is, is against that. I would think that if the, the father perhaps could select the son, when he has multiple sons that are more or less equally qualified, the father can be the machriya, which is the one that should take over. That, that's, that is a possibility, but I would have to, I'd have to investigate the matter. But we're further. talking about not a regular father. This is a person who leads a nation who knows halacha, so obviously... 
his decision is more or less going to be based on the halakha that he knows and realizes, right? It's not maybe, maybe not. He's not going to pick a name out of the hat. What? No, no, that's not what he was doing. He wanted to give Ace of Brachas. He wanted Ace to get Brachas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not what he thought. He knew who Esav was. He wanted, he, if I cared, he was trying to be mechazek Esav with giving him brachas. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good, 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 good question. It's a good question. Um, uh, let's see. So, yeah, so, so we're talking about areas where we see it's not classic Yerusha. Um, not classic Yerusha and that it can work when he's still alive. Not classic Yerusha and that it only goes to one son. And there's also two other very interesting halachas that, that, that arise over here. Um, one is, what if the guy is, seems to be otherwise fit for the job, and he seems to, you know, be qualified, he has Yerushalayim, he has Chachma, but the Tzibra is not interested. The community doesn't want him. And this has to do with, you know, very much has to do with, like, Rabbi Kiva raised a very good point earlier. The guy doesn't, doesn't have his finger on the pulse, you know, he doesn't know these people, he doesn't care about the people, but he's Gara Chachm, he's Gara Yare Shemayim, but the community's not interested. They're not interested in this guy. So the, 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 it's not a good fit, that's right, not a good fit. So the Pais can mention an idea that Hagam, we see it's a Yerusha, and Hagam, I have the right to claim the throne, but... There's a, 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 a very chashva shaz shuvah sefer called Avodas Hagershuni, and he says based on the Gemara Brachas that that uh, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. If the zebra is not interested, he doesn't get it. He has no claim halachically anymore. <clears throat> and the Gemara Brachas says Ein Memanim Parnas Alat Zibur, Ein Memanim Parnas Alat Zibur. What's the second half of the Lushan? You can't, you can't appoint an authority over the Tzibur if the Tzibur is not interested, if it doesn't work for the Tzibur. The Tzibur is not interested in him. Are, are we saying that only if when, you know, it's one son with another son, or is it only the son? Any of the sons. Even if it's only one son. Even if he only has one son. Even if he only has one son. That's not about him choosing. It's more about Josapka. That, that overrides the, the din of Yerusha. There's no longer a Yerusha. And this, even if the son really wants to, the job. He wants the Shteller. He wants to take over. What? Well, th- thank you very much. Yeah, the tzibur has to be taken into account. Thank you. Um, the tzibur has to be taken into account. And if it's not good for the tzibur, there's no din yerusha anymore. You can't go to bed and say, "This is my right. This is my this is my uh, this is my birthright over here. I'm the next in line." If the tzibur is not interested, it's not going to work for the tzibur. He has no claim anymore. He has no claim. So this is definitely, we definitely do have mocker for this idea that there has to be a fit. The zebra has got to work for the zebra. If the zebra just, you know, this person's not the right person for us. We don't, we don't, uh, you know, it's not working. Then that's mavatal. There's no claim halakhically anymore for Yerusha. There's one more very interesting uh, area where we, so they invited that, that shows it's not classic Yerusha. In classic Yerusha, there's no such thing. If, if, if a person leaves behind a son, and he has a tremendous estate, tremendous, you know, wealth and, and, and portfolios. And this guy was a big fear supporting all the yeshivas, supporting all the kailim. And his son doesn't know anything about money. He's going to mismanage the entire thing. And, 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 and he's going to go totally bankrupt. There's nothing to do about it. That Yerusha is Yerusha. We can't take it away from the son, even though the, the son doesn't know how to manage his father's money. Even though all the maestas, the maestas don't want the son taking over. Right? It doesn't make a difference. Yerusha is Yerusha. So there's no such halacha with classic Yerusha that if the tzibur is not interested, the tzibur can say, you know, please, we'll find someone else to take over your father's estate, manage your father's wealth. No such thing. 
When it comes to the Shtel, again, you see there's such a thing that if the Tzibur is not interested, they can be Mavatul the Yerusha. And finally, what if there is, um, what if there, what if there is, uh, what if it becomes um, factional? What if, it's not the Peshat that the Tzibur is not interested, but the Tzibur breaks into two Tzibur's. What if there's a machloikas? What if there's a machloikas within an in-house machloikas? And you have half of the community wants this son, the other half of the community wants the other son. What happens in such a case? There's two sons, and, and there's a machloikas within the community, which is the son, who's the mamalamakum? Who's the one that's more worthy? Who's the one that's more worthy? Again, we saw only one takes over. The Yerusha only, only goes to one son. It's ben achar ben. You never split it in half. But what if there's, it becomes factional, and within the community itself, there is a dispute and, and a disagreement. Is this an example only between two sons being factional, or it could be a son and anyone else? Or is it only between two sons? This is the example you're about to give. Okay, that's a good question. Maybe I, there's another discussion, which, which is... Which is um, Okay, you know what? Stan is, Stan is, I was going to mention this, and the truth is, uh, he's, he's uh, I, 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 I apologize. I, I probably should have done that, that first. Um, l- 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 let me jump back. Um, uh, in deference to uh, Stan's question, we will, l- let me speak out something else before we get back to the factional uh, in-house fighting over here. Um, the Yerusha Vesteller, an authority, does it only go to a son, or will it go to, to anyone, anyone that's, that's mishpacha? A son-in-law, a brother, a nephew. Does it go to anyone? So um, they cite, they cite a lushan of um, uh, there's a there's a uh, I saw actually um, I saw Rivasha um, Weiss brings down a Tosefta and Shkalim that says that the Gabayim and the Beis Hamikdash they had the right to hand over their Gabayis to the, it went to their son in line with, with the, the Rambam and the Ramada we saw. And in the Tosefta the, the, the says over there, it's not just Loya ben Bilvad, but anyone that, that is able to Yarshin uh, uh, will, will be able to Yarshin the, 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 uh, the position. Whether it's a brother, whether it's a nephew, whether, whether it's even, and an, an, an the, the place can extend this, this Tosefta, uh, it, it, it's, it comes up also in regards to Kahuna. The Kahuna also... The Beis Hamikdash, the, the Kahana had different jobs. The Beis Hamikdash, it also is not just a son, it goes to anyone. So they extend to a son in law also. Because son in law is married to a daughter, and a daughter yarshins when there's no son to yarshin, right? That's also Parshas Pinchas, Abasa Yereshes. So the son in law can, can get it via the, the son. So when, we come, when it comes to the Yerushas, the, the yarshining, the, 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 the positions, the authority, the Steller, the Rabbanis, we, we do uh, recognize. Other successors as well, not just a son. We'll look at a son-in-law. We'll look at a nephew, but but it goes through the succession of regular Yerusha, meaning the son will come first. The son comes before the brother. The son comes before the nephew. Son, daughter, brother, nephews. That's right. That's that's within the same the same same, uh, hierarchy as Yerusha. As long as the son is worthy, as long as the son is worthy. Um, again, uh, unless it could be, unless again, the, the shy was asked earlier, what if there is a hand-picked successor from all the people that are worthy? But yeah, if the son is worthy, even if the son-in-law is more worthy, but if he's worthy enough, it would go to the son first. Okay, so 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 that's that's to address Dan's question. So yeah, we do extend it to all types of yarshim, all types of heirs, and we follow the chain of command, the same hierarchy, the same pyramid of Yerusha. What about when there is a machlokes? What do we do when there's a machlokes? So the Avni Nezer says. The moment there's a machloikis, the whole thing is batum avotum. Avnei nezer. The moment there is in-house fighting, the moment it becomes factionized, 
and you have factions going for this one, and factions going for that one, if there's machloikas, the whole thing is batal mavutal, and it goes to Bezdin, and Bezdin decides. But there's, no one has any claim anymore the moment that, that it's not unanimous. The moment that it's not unanimous. And what? And and um, and uh, where, so where, where does the Avnei Nezer get this from? Very, very interesting source that he gets it from. Arashi Maseches Hoyrius. It says in Maseches Hoyrius that whenever a son takes over from this, the, the king, the king is Nifter, Melch is Nifter, so the son becomes the next king. The, the, the Gemara in Hoyrius says you, you never have to anoint the the the, the prince. The son of a king, the Ben Melech, you don't, you're not Meshechim. You don't have to, you only do Meshicha, anoint the original king. And the son automatically takes over because he's the son. But the Mishnah, the Gemara Nehari says the only time you have to be Meshech, the son of the king, is when there's a Machlekes. And that's what they did with Shlomo HaMelech. The Adonio, his brother, was challenging the throne, so they had to anoint Shlomo HaMelech. So Rashi says, why did they have to anoint Shlomo HaMelech? Because his brother was challenging him. It says Rashi, because the moment there's a Machlekes, the, 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 um, the, bottle. It's bottle. Rashi says it, does, it won't work anymore. He had to be Nimshach because he didn't get it automatically anymore, even though he was the most worthy. But if there's a Machloikas, then, 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 then the Yerusha doesn't work. So Avnezer says, look, you've seen this Rashi, the Yerusha doesn't work. So who had in? In the Rabbanisha world, when there's Machloikas, the whole thing is bottle. No one has any claims, no one has any ties, and Bezim's going to have to figure out, according to their Shikul who's, 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 who, you know, what to do with this. Who's the best, who's, 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 who's the most equipped, who's the most worthy of taking over, but there's, no one has any ties anymore. Um, other Paiskim disagree with Zavnei Nezer based on a Rambam that understands the Gemara differently. The Rambam also talks about the fact that they had to anoint Shlomo, and the Rambam says why they have to anoint Shlomo Melech, in order to be mafarsim, to be Maidiya, to, 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 to announce to everybody that Shlomo really is supposed to be the king. In other words, the Rambam disagrees with Rashi. It says not the Pshat that is Mavat of the but when there's Machlaikas, it's more important to, to, to uh, publicize the fact that he's, in spite of the Machlaikas, he's still the Melech, Shlomo Melech. The only reason they did Mashiach is not because they really needed to do it, but to publicize the matter. So based on that, the... the, um, the uh, um, this Chikrei Leif is Chaylik and the Tshuva Sefer, contemporaneous, a little bit after the Avnei Nezer, disagrees with the Avnei Nezer. He says, no, there's no such thing. Machlaikas is not Mavatal the Yerusha. You just have to know how to deal with Machlaikas. It's a little bit authority, but Machlaikas is not Mavatal the Yerusha Be'etzim. So this is actually one of the things that comes up in, 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 in uh, we don't have a clear, I don't believe, we have a clear Messoira. Um, what to do with this machlaikas, but the paiskim are really split on the matter. When there's a machlaikas, is that, does that override Yerusha altogether? Does not override Yerusha? Do you have to contend with the machlaikas? You don't have to contend with the machlaikas. And this is, I believe, part of uh, what makes this so complicated when these things do go to Bezdin, is trying to figure out, you know, we go with Avnei Nezer, that if there's a machlaikas, the whole thing is, you know, over Ubatol and uh, it's just up to Bezdin. Or no, I, there may be a machlaikas, but look, I'm the Mamala Malcolm. I have the Tvi, I have the claim, I have the claim to the Yerusha over here. So in short, we do hold in halacha that Rabbanus is Yarshan. We see that it's not a classic Yerusha, only goes to one person, can be done in the father's lifetime. And what we see also unequivocally is it has to work for the Tibor, Avada has to be the Mamala Malkam, is the Mamala Malkam who can fill his father's shoes somewhat in, in wisdom and in Yira, but ultimately, ain't Maman and Parnas Tibor. Um, you have to consult with the tzibur. It has to be good for the tzibur. And, and this 
is, is um, you know, one of the most important things to take into account. It's not just about the tying and bezin, not just about the claim. It's about working. It's got to work. got to work for the tzibur. It's got to be a shidduch. And um, sometimes things have to be tried out. And, and uh, that, that's when things can also get a little bit unpleasant. As he tried out, you know, hopefully we're hoping this is going to work. But uh, maybe then down the road it seems that it doesn't work. Um, that's happened also. That's, that has known and that has this is something that has been known to have occurred as well unfortunately but the bottom line is Yerushalayim should spare us and save us always from Achloikas should give us Shalom Ba'artzenu and uh, in the schluss of learning about these sugyas, learning about these halachas we should never there should always be halacha v'loy l'maysa and uh, thank you all for joining us have a wonderful week